So I didn't realize I was a um, angry person until I had kids. Um, I always thought of myself as someone who's pretty patient. I get easily angered and then all of a sudden you have kids and it starts to really expose some of things that you really are, especially when you're tired or uh, tired or tired. Um, so there have been times when, as a dad that my anger has come out unexpectedly and I've been embarrassed about it later on. There's been times where I have uh, yelled or screamed at my kids too quickly and scared them. Uh, there are times where I've like hit like something that I was mad about because of them just constantly fighting back and forth. Um, and then there's the time where my daughter wouldn't eat a green pepper and I got so angry about it that I took the green pepper and threw it um, as hard as I could and really terrified her. That was really the biggest moment that I was like, oh, I might have an anger issue. And some of you watching this might be like, "That's you do that stuff? But if you don't have kids, you don't truly understand. And if you have kids, you semi-understand. But either way, that's why I started to realize, oh wait, I have an issue with my anger. That my five-year-old can get me to a point where I am throwing things like a little child and possibly scarring them for their life all because of my anger. So a lot of us have times where our anger gets the better of us, gets the best of us, that we have an issue because of our anger, but then others of us have it a little worse than some of us, where it's not just we get angry too often, but it is an issue that we have. That it is anger is a problem that we have in our, in our life, and it is a mental illness that we have. How this series we've been talking about some mental um, illnesses is, is Mental Health Awareness Month, and um, today we want to talk about anger, which is something that a lot of us struggle with. And here's what's hard about anger, um, and here's what's dangerous about anger. Anger is the most dangerous for you physically out of any mental illness there is. Um, it is more dangerous for your heart to to have too much anger than it is to be too anxious. It's more dangerous for your heart um, to have anger than it is to be depressed. In fact, physical, like really extreme physical um, motion is not as dangerous for you than anger is. Anger physically hurts you and harms you. But not only does it physically harm you, but it destroys your community. If you have... Uh, issue with anger and you cannot control your anger, then you're going to eventually burn bridges and your community is going to be affected. And we're all communal beings. We really know that with this pandemic, um, we all need community and anger can affect that community, which can harm our life. And, and it can really just destroy everything around you. But the most dangerous part about anger is that anger is the illness that uh, we tend to deny the most. That some of us have trouble admitting that we have an anger issue. It wasn't until I really th I threw a green pepper that I realized, wait, I actually have an issue with my anger. But way before then, I showed signs. I just kept denying it. Some of us, we have trouble admitting that we have anger. We just keep denying it. And it becomes a never-ending cycle of anger. So here's what happens. Because we deny that we have anger, uh, you never really address the issue of anger. And you never figure out ways to, to work through it, coping mechanisms and, and healthy habits that can help your anger. And because we deny it, we eventually justify our anger. We say things like, well, uh, I'm, not I'm not an angry person because that person's really dumb. Or I'm just, I'm a blunt person. I'm just speaking from the heart. 
I, it's the way I was taught. So this is how I react. So we find ways to justify because we deny that we have an anger issue, but we show our anger. So we have to justify that anger. And the more we deny it, the more anger we eventually have because we're not doing any habits to help it. And the more anger that we have, the worse it becomes for us mentally and emotionally and physically and the more it affects our community. And the worse those things become, the easier it is for us to become angry because we have more things to be angry about, right? If we're physically affected and are emotionally affected and our community is, is affected and people treat us differently because of our anger, now we have more reasons to be angry. So the more we deny it, the more we have, the more we have, the more it affects us, the more it affects us, the more reasons we have to be angry, which we then deny because we think there's a reason. We accept it. See how it's a vicious cycle to come to anger. So what do we do with our anger? Whether you are married to someone that has an anger issue, whether you at times go overboard with your anger, whether you yourself have an anger issue, what do we do with our anger? And this week as I was preparing, I listened to a sermon by Tim Keller. Uh, many of you may know who Tim Keller is. And it really opened my eyes to what anger is about. And a lot of what I'm talking about today, I learned straight from him. So I highly recommend if you listen and you need more help with this, just look up on YouTube, Tim Keller and anger, and you will see where I got a lot of my points from. And you will see a lot better uh, sermon about anger. I highly recommend that if you are someone that does that. But he defined anger in a different way than I have ever experienced it and really help me to realize and I'm hoping that it helps some of you to realize what anger truly is and here's what anger is it's gonna be our definition anger is a response to a threat to what you love anger is a response to a threat to what you love see anger in itself isn't inherently bad in fact when we understand anger correctly we understand it correctly it really is a good thing anger can be a good thing um, but we have to understand it correctly because there's different types of anger you that you can have and here's um what proverbs says proverbs has a lot of things talking about anger um in proverbs chapter 14 verse 29 says whoever is slow to anger has great understanding but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly don't say you should have anger it says whoever is slow to anger has great understanding that's kind of the key there and uh, uh proverbs 16 verse 32 says whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Again, slow to anger. Let's give ahead to Proverbs 19, verse 11. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. See, being slow to anger is what we're encouraged to be. Solomon doesn't say anything about anger being bad. He just says we should be slow to anger. And in fact, in Exodus, God described himself as someone who is slow to anger. Uh, Moses, as he's um, as he has the Ten Commandments, God passes by him. And look what it says in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. It says, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. God describes himself as slow to anger, so much so that, that he shows his glory to us by how he responds to anger. He shows his glory by how slow he is to anger. Then if you if you look at Jesus, Jesus got angry very often. I mean, he constantly got angry. Jesus got angry um, at the 
at the temple when they were selling goods at the temple. He got angry with the religious leaders and the Pharisees. He got angry with his disciples. He got angry with the crowds that were around him. Jesus constantly got angry throughout the Gospels from what we read. Constantly got angry. And then even Paul tells us when it comes to our anger in Ephesians, in his letter to Church of Ephesus, uh, chapter 4, verse 26, Paul says, be angry and do not sin. So he encourages us to be angry, but he says, but don't sin while you're angry. So the Bible is pretty clear. We are not only allowed to be angry, we should get angry. But how come we know that we should get angry according to scripture and God tells us we should be angry? God describes himself as, as a God who is slow to anger. Jesus constantly showed us anger, but yet we all mess it up constantly where we allow our anger to get the better of us, where we do things we regret because of our anger. Where is the discrepancy there? Because there is one, that we're allowed to be angry, but yet most of us are sin with our anger. See, Paul says, be angry and do not sin, but a lot of us sin because of our anger. What, where, where is it? What's the difference? And I believe it's all about love. Anger is a response to a threat to what you love. Let me unpack that. Our anger indicates what we truly love. In fact, if you never get angry about anything, it's because you don't actually truly love anything. The opposite of love is not anger. The opposite of love is hate. And hate shows itself with indifference. So let me explain it to you this way. Anger is a response to a threat to what you love. I love my wife. If there's a threat to her, as in somebody... Um, talks badly about her, if somebody wants to harm her, if there's any threat to her, I will get angry about it. If someone says something negative about my wife, I get angry. Why? Because I love her. Anger is a threat to what I love. Anger is a response to a threat to what I love. And it's justifiable anger. If, in fact, if I did not get angry about somebody saying bad things about my wife, then you have to question whether I actually love my wife. Let's go to my kids. Uh, my kids have come home from school and said that um, one of their classmates were mean to them. I get angry about that. Why? Because I love my kids. Imagine if somebody was being mean to my kids and I didn't care. Do I actually love them? I probably don't if I don't care that they are being harmed emotionally. And anger, anger is a response to a threat to what you love. In fact, um, uh, it's quoted this way by John Christensen. says, he that is angry without cause sins. But he who is not angry when there is cause sins. See, anger is a response to a threat to what you love. God in the Old Testament, we see God uh, showing his anger at times. We see in the New Testament God showing anger. And a lot of times we don't like that, but we, here's what we need to realize. If God doesn't show anger, then God doesn't show love either. Anger and love are connected. It doesn't mean that God is angry with us, but God is angry with what hurts us, sin, because he loves us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't care what we did, but he doesn't like sin because sin harms what he loves, us. Anger is a response to a threat to what you love. So when you are not slow to anger or when you get angry at things that you really shouldn't, um, the question we should ask ourselves is this. What am I defending? I'm getting angry at something I shouldn't or I'm too quick with my anger. What am I defending? Because anger is a response to a threat to what 
you love. You're defending something you love every time you get angry. But the question is what? So let me give you some examples. Maybe you get too angry with your spouse. And maybe you get too angry with your spouse, not because you are defending your spouse, but because you are defending your pride. That's what you most love, your pride. So you're defending your pride, and so you get angry because you defend what you love, your pride. Maybe you get too easily angered with the car that's going too slow in front of you. Not because you, you love the car or love the people in there. You get too easily angered with them because you're defending what you need the most, what you think is the most important, what you love the most, and that's you and your time. You don't want to be inconvenienced, so you get angry because somebody's affecting what you love the most, you. I, I get angry at the grocery store so often. They're just like unwritten rules I feel like most people know, but some people don't, that they should learn. For example, if you have a cart and you're in, the, you're, uh, in, a, in an aisle, you, you shouldn't put the cart in the middle, okay? Because if I want to get around, you should be pushed to the side. If you're, try, if you're pushed to the side, but I still can't get around, I get it. It's like, whatever. But if you're in the middle and just you walk down the aisle because you're looking for ketchup and I can't get by, I will move your cart and kind of let you know you should, it should not have been there. Or maybe I'm walking and someone in front of me is walking down the middle of the aisle, but they're just walking way too slow. And they're slowly looking. I get angry with that. Somebody cuts in line at the uh, self-checkout. That happens a lot. I get angry with that. Now, why am I getting angry with this stuff? Is it because they're they're really wronging me? No, I'm getting angry because I want to be in control and I want people to watch out for me and I want what is easy for me and I love me. So I'm angry because what they are doing is affecting me, what I love the most. Anger is a response to a threat to what you love. That's what it always is. Anger is connected to what you love. That's what it is. And the reason too many of us sin with our anger, the reason why a lot of us sin with our anger uh, or why some of us have anger issues is because our anger and our love are disordered. Our anger and our love are disordered in a way that creates us to sin with our anger. See, there are a lot of great things in this world. There are a lot of good things that God blesses us with in this world. But too often we take these good things that God has given us, we make it ultimate things, which then produces sin. If God gives us something good and we make it the ultimate pursuit of our happiness, the ultimate reason for our, our purpose and our meaning, then that is wrong. Money is a good thing, but when it becomes an ultimate thing, it is not a good thing. Um, sex is a good thing, but when it becomes an ultimate thing, it is not a good thing anymore. So when we take the love that we have for anything or anyone, and that includes ourselves, and we order that love incorrectly in our life, we disorder them, then our anger, again, which is a response to a threat to what you love, I'm going to say that a million times, get used to it, also becomes disordered, making, uh, making our anger sin. Disordered love creates disordered anger. You know the example. There's nothing wrong with getting ticked off when somebody does something against you. Nothing wrong with it. Somebody cuts you off, it's understandable to get a little upset. If a, a customer of yours treats you badly, it's okay to get angry about that. There's nothing wrong with that. When um, you're at a restaurant maybe and the waiter is a little rude to you, it's okay to get angry about that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But where it starts to become wrong is when we get so angry about those things, disproportionately angry about it, compared to when we see injustices happening in our world. Like for me, 
it's very easy for me to get so angry about someone who cuts me off on the road, but then I see something that is harming our nation, harming people, is um, is painful in our in our world that I see that's happening to somebody else, and I don't have that same anger about that as I do to someone cutting me off in the middle of the road. Why? My love is disordered. My love for myself is so high that if somebody harms what I love, I'm going to get angry to a degree that is sin compared to my love for other people. My love is disordered. Disordered love creates disordered anger. And for some of us, we have an abstract love for God. We love God, but it's more of an abstract way. It's more of a general way. I mean, it doesn't produce any action in our life. It's just an abstract way of loving God. And because of this abstract way of loving God, our love is disordered to a way that when we get angry, we are getting angry about something that we love that is in a different order, is in the wrong order where God should actually be. So to recap, anger is a response to a threat to what you love. And one of the core reasons that we often get angry or too angry or not are, are not slow with our anger, the reason why that happens is because our love is disordered. Disordered love creates disordered anger. So knowing all of that, I know I went through that really quickly. Hopefully you, you kept up. Knowing all of that, knowing that our anger is a response to our love. And for too many of us, we love certain things too much And so our anger is a sin because of what we love too much. What are some practical steps that we can take to help with our anger? Again, I say this every week. These are very quick. I'll go through these very quickly. These are very simple steps. This is not the perfect solution for every situation. Some of you may need to start doing these steps along with professional help because you have a major anger issue. Some of you may need to start doing these steps along with something else. Okay, These are just basic practical ways that you can change today to start to work on your anger and anger which is a threat to something that you love a response to a threat to what you love so what are some uh, practical ways we can start to work on our anger the first way is we can admit it you have to start with admitting it you have to admit that it is a problem you have to be in touch with your anger you have to understand what your anger really is you have to admit i have an anger problem I had an anger issue way before the green pepper incident. Just that was the clear times like, wait, I can't believe I did that in front of my daughter. Maybe I have an issue. You have to be able to admit it. And I'll give you a little little clue. If anyone has ever told you that you might have an anger issue, you might have an anger issue. People don't want to tell you, okay? But if it gets to a point where someone has to tell you, Maybe it's because it's so clear that you do. We have to admit it. And here's why admitting it is so important and why it's so crucial to our well-being to admit when we are angry. Because you are allowed to be angry. But when we won't admit it, then then we're telling ourselves we can't actually be angry. So at times when you are angry, but you're not willing to admit that you're angry, then you're saying, you know what, I'm not angry because I don't have an anger problem. I am not willing to admit it. And here's what... Um, the main issue comes when it comes to not admitting our, our anger. There are times where you are justifiably angry, but you cannot admit it in a healthy way. And when you cannot express your anger because you won't admit it, then you will not open yourself up to be vulnerable. And some of you would say, well, I don't want to be, that's a weakness. Admitting, admitting it would be a weakness. And I would say you're, you're right. 
but at times we have to humble ourselves and tell someone and be vulnerable with somebody else because vulnerability creates reconciliation. You cannot reconcile with your spouse if you're not willing to be vulnerable and open with them. You cannot reconcile with your friends if you're not willing to be vulnerable and open with them. And if you're not willing to admit that you have an anger problem or that you are angry about something, then you're not willing to be vulnerable and you're not willing to reconcile. We have to admit. Step one is admitting. We have to do it. Step one, admit. Number two, what do we do with our anger? We admit it and then we analyze it. Number two. We have to analyze it. We have to really look at it. When you get angry, ask yourself the question, what am I defending? What is so important? Because again, anger is a response to a threat to what you love. So what am I defending with my anger? What is it? And at times you might say something, you know what? I'm defending my spouse. I'm defending my kids. I'm defending my family. So that will remind you of what you think is so important. So you'll be able to slowly figure out the best response to whatever that is, whatever makes you angry. How can I slowly respond to this to defend my spouse, to defend my kids? I mean, my kids do a lot of things that I hate that make me angry. My kids act, act selfishly and it makes me angry. My kids are mean to each other and it makes me angry. My kids are rude at times and it makes me angry. My kids are ungrateful for things and it makes me angry. I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at the sin that they're doing. And because I love them so much, I don't want them to learn that they can just be ungrateful for their entire life. I don't want them to think that they can always think about themselves first. So because I love them, I'm going to be slow with my anger towards what I towards towards the sin that they have because I love them so much. Nothing wrong with that. I should get angry and as a parent you should get angry about things that harm your kids. I'm not angry at my kids, I'm angry at what my kids do that hurt my kids. The sinful acts that they do, the selfishness that they do. But if you ask yourself the question, okay, what am I defending here? There's going to be times where you don't like the answer. You might ask the question, what am I defending? I'm getting angry. What am I trying to defend? What is the most important? And the answer at times is going to be, I'm defending my ego. Right now, my ego is the most important thing. I'm so angry about this because of how it makes me feel, how it brings down my ego and I want it to be high. Sometimes you're defending your need to be right. Sometimes you're defending your need to be in control. I don't like the fact that I could possibly be wrong here, so I'm going to get angry about it because I need to always be right in every situation, and that is ultimately defending your pride. I'm defending my pride. I'm getting angry because I love my pride the most, and I need to defend what is a threat to what I love, and it's my pride. So first you admit it, then you analyze, why am I getting angry here? And be honest with yourself. Truly figure that out. Analyze why you're angry because anger is a response to a threat to what you love. And then once we understand why we're getting angry and what is happening, we need to then transform it. Some of us are too quick with our anger towards stuff it should not be. Towards things that we should not have in a level it is. We've disordered our love and it's disordered our anger and we're angry at things that we shouldn't be. We need to take the time. We need to take that anger to transform it, to show the love that God calls us to have. That's a love that loves our neighbors, all of our neighbors, not just the ones we get along with, but everyone. It's a love that loves our enemies. It is a love that loves those that make us angry. We need to transform our love and order it correctly so that we can have the correct anger, the anger that God calls us to have. I am a... 
I'm preparing for the day that my kids get older, um, probably teenagers, and uh, they hurt me with their words. I know it's going to happen. I know there's going to be times where my kids do not like the direction and the rules I'm giving them, and they're going to lash out at me. I know there's most likely times that my kids are going to tell me that they don't love me or that they hate me. They hate what I'm doing, and they're going to attack me with their words. If you are a parent, uh, with teenagers especially, you probably already experienced this. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I'm preparing myself now. I haven't had it yet. They've been angry with me, but I haven't had it where they lash out at me. I know when they get older, they're going to. I'm ready for it. I'm getting, I'm not ready for it, but I'm trying to get ready for it, right? And when you really think about whether you have kids or you want to have kids one day or you have teenage kids that have done this, when you really think about what your kid is doing when they lash out at you or tell you that they don't love you or tell you that they hate you or they wish they, they weren't here and they wish you weren't, they weren't your parents, things that we hear, it's the most ungrateful and unjustifiable thing a child can do, that anybody can do. Because every parent, even if you're an average parent, sacrifices so much for their kid. So much that they'll never even be able to understand. You sacrifice your sleep, your time, your hobbies, um, your, your, your activities, your finances. You sacrifice so much, even as an average parent, even as a bad parent, you sacrifice. We have sacrificed, a parent sacrifices so much for their kid that is so unjustifiable when a kid comes to you and says that I hate you, I, whatever. It's the most painful thing that can happen. But here's how a parent can respond. And I see, I've seen it happen. I was a youth pastor for a long time. Um, some parents, they respond by withdrawing. You know what? That's how my kid feels. Fine. Go do what you want. We'll see what happens. And just withdraw and just and stops being, being the parent they're supposed to. And we know that causes major damage to teenagers. They go and rebel. And they go and do things that they think they can do and they can handle. They really can't handle it. We as parents know that. But we sometimes we let our kids do that because we withdraw. See, other parents... Or they attack back. And honestly, our kids don't stand a chance to attack with us. We've had years of learning how to attack back with our words. Our kids have only done it for 13 years, right? So we attack back, which is not the way we're supposed to do it. We're teaching them an incorrect way to deal with anger. Or what parents can do, and what I think is the healthy thing for a parent to do, is absorb it. We don't let them slide. We don't let them just think it's okay to talk to us that way. They need to respect us. They need to be grateful but we absorb it because we understand that they don't know what they're doing. They're still learning how to deal with their anger. So I want to model the correct way to be slow with our anger by absorbing their hatred and their anger and their lashing out so that I can have a correct response because I love them. I don't love what they're doing. So I'm, so I'm going to use my anger correctly, but I love them enough where I'm going to be slow with my anger. That's what a great parent does. And this is the example that we have of God. God is a God that is slow with his, with his anger. That is slow with his anger. He, we see it often in the Old Testament. I hear all the time, why is God so angry? God is not angry at people. He's angry at the sin that is harming his people. In fact, he was so angry with that sin that he came to us to take care of that sin. And then what did we do when God came to us? We killed him. We killed him with our sin. And the reason why we did that is because we're angry at God. And I might say that, you might say, oh, I'm not angry with God. No, you're not willing to admit it. 
But if we keep doing things that we know we shouldn't, and we keep sinning, even though we know it put Jesus on a cross, that it killed God, we're angry with him. We are not truly understanding. We are the same as a kid who is unjustifiably yelling at, his, at, his, at their parents. We are doing the exact same thing. And how can God respond? God could have withdrawn from us. So you know what? You're on your own. Good luck. Good luck without me. He didn't do that. God could have attacked us. He didn't do that. What did he do? He absorbed it. He took it on a cross. He absorbed our sin. He absorbed our anger. He absorbed our unjustifiable rage at him. He absorbed our attacks at him on a cross to show us what true love is. And he did that because he loves us. He showed his anger properly because he loves us so much. His anger was ordered correctly at what deserved to be our sin because our, his love is also ordered correctly because he loves us. So you can be angry. In fact, you should be angry. You should get angry. But we need to get angry at the right things. Anger is a response to a threat to what you love. What do you truly love? If it's you, your anger is disordered because your love is disordered. If you truly love your spouse, you need to get angry when things are about to harm them. If you truly love your kids, you get angry when things are about to harm them. If you truly love other people, you get angry when things harm them. So what do you truly love? Because that will tell you why you're so angry. And a lot of us, the reason we're angry is because we don't love the right things. We love ourselves too much. We love ourselves and our pride and our ego way more than we love other people. Anger is a response to a threat to what you love. So I want to ask you to do, if you're a person that struggles with anger, admit it. Tell somebody, yeah, I need to work on my anger. Analyze it. Ask yourself, what am I defending? What is so important? What is, it the, thi what is the thing that I love so much? Start to really analyze. You have to understand where that anger comes from. So when you admit it and understand it, that's when you can start to transform it. Like, God, help me to transform it. Help me to rely more on you so I can love you. You want to show the love and the anger that God shows. It's an anger that is slow. It's an anger that, that defends what is worth defending. We should be angry. We seem to have the right anger. Anger is a response to a threat to what you love. Disordered love creates disordered anger.